Have you ever felt the chaos of life, right? Like you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to make the right decision and things keep coming at you. Drama keeps encircling or it's like you can't get a break from one situation to the next. There's always a challenge. There's always a response that is needed and it is exhausting. And sometimes we feel like the chaos is swirling around us in such a way that it's like, What's really important here? Like we've got people all around that are upset, that are angry, that are like pushing and pulling. What's really important in this moment? How do we know? How do we figure that out? Because when we're in the middle of feeling like life is chaotic or falling apart or there's just too much drama, there's too much back and forth, it's a, a sense then of how do we move forward? How do we get beyond? How do we get off the hamster wheel of the chaos? And so for today, I've got 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses, and we're going to run verses uh, 4 through 18, but we're going to break it up a little bit. So a little bit different today. And this is a moment, 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing this to the people in the city of Corinth, the community, the church, because they're struggling. Life is very chaotic for them. And they're trying to figure out, okay, if we're following Jesus, what does that mean for how we live day to day in the chaos? What does it mean to respond like Jesus does? What does it mean to take action like Jesus does? And so he is writing them as they are struggling. And it's this recognition, right? All of us struggle. All of us struggle at some point. All of us feel the chaos of life at some point. And is there a way to connect ourselves to the way Jesus lived, to our responses in our context. And so 2 Corinthians, Paul's trying to give that to them. Paul's trying to write and help them. And so for ourselves, as we look at it today, maybe we'll gain something about, all right, what could be my response? What is important here? How do I figure this out? How do I get off the hamster wheel? So starting in verses 6 and then going through verse 9, of 2 Corinthians. God said that light should shine out of the darkness. He is the same one who shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Christ, of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we aren't knocked out. All right, so right there, it begins with, God said that this light should shine out of the darkness. The sense of the life of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is to be a light, is to be a guiding thing in our lives, is to go, wait a minute, okay, illuminate the path, help help us figure out 
And then it goes into, but we have this treasure in clay pots. And to think about that, what is that treasure? Those are the gifts that are given by God. Those are things like forgiveness, mercy, grace, love, joy, peace. And a recognition that there is this amazing treasure, but it's so easy for us to allow those things to break, to move aside. They are in clay pots that we kind of, you know, we may be too dismissive of them, but when we recognize that treasure, when we recognize those things as, wait a minute, how can those things help us get through? There is power in that. The awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. So that we are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we aren't knocked out. So it's that sense right there, that sense of, wait a minute, there is a way forward. There is absolutely a way forward in this because we recognize life is not going to be easy. There are going to be troubles, but we're going to hold on to this treasure, these gifts, these abilities that God has given us to get us through. And to think about those things that we focus on, right? Paul is trying to get them to go, wait a minute, what are we really focusing on here? So easy, right? When you're in the middle of the chaos, when you're in the middle of going, wait a minute, everything seems to be falling apart, that we focus upon generally the drama, the negative, what we want to happen but won't happen. We focus on the things that we can't control because we want to control them. We focus on the chaos because it keeps like sucking up our attention. It keeps like grabbing hold of us and it's so hard to shake free and go, wait a minute, I need to be focused really on. And so Paul here is trying to ask them, what are you focused on? Are you focused on the light? Are you focused on the guidance? Are you focused on what Jesus teaches? Because life wasn't easy for Jesus, but man, was he like, he was responding at every step of the way. He was like, he was trying to get people to go, wait a minute, I need to listen here. I can live a different way. He does that in all kinds of situations, even the women right? Where the woman is brought to him and they're like, hey, she's in the wrong. And he's like, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. Well, wait a minute. I need to be taking stock and self-aware and get honest with myself before I start hurling judgments at others. Jesus was all about feeding, about strengthening people, about saying, wait a minute, let me hear you and respond in the ways that he could. And so he's always challenging us to do the same. And so when we feel like the chaos is coming in at us, when we feel the troubles coming, it's one of those things of what are we gonna focus upon in this moment that is connected to the way Jesus lived, that is connected to the way that he conducted his life and encouraged others to do so as well. Continuing on, in verses 10 through 12. We always carry Jesus' death around in our bodies so that Jesus' life can also be seen in our bodies. We are 
We who are alive are always being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life can be also can also be seen in our bodies that are dying. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Okay, so here what Paul is trying to do is make that connection even harder. Like, okay, solidifying that of what do you embody about the way that Jesus lived? Do you try to embody and live that healing, that strengthening, that encouragement of saying, wait a minute, we've got to quit mistreating people. We've got to quit hurling insults at one another. We've got to quit being judgmental and hear each other. We've got to respond to each other's needs. There's a mutuality in this living. And Jesus was often known to say, my peace I leave with you. Talked about that last week. My peace I leave with you. So what are we focused upon in the chaos? Are we focused upon, okay, what does it mean for me to try to live peacefully in this moment? What does it mean for me to try to love my neighbor even though I don't believe the same way or I agree 100% with? What does it mean to choose joy? To be able to, to choose joy in the moment. So Paul is saying, wait a minute, what about Jesus are you willing to embody? What are you trying to live? Because what we are trying to live may just get us through the chaos. Continuing on in verses 13 through 15. We have the same faithful spirit as what is written in Scripture. I have faith and so I spoke. We also have faith and so we also speak. We do this because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and he will bring us into his presence all along with you. All these things are for your benefit. As grace increases to benefit more and more people, it will cause gratitude to increase, which results in God's glory. Paul's talking about that connection, right? That connection of how we are living into the life of Jesus, how we are embodying those teachings, that we are embodying them in such a way that maybe we don't even realize fully how it has impacted or changed the way that we talk, the way that we engage with others, the way that we at other times keep silent and pay attention and notice the way that we listen. Here, he's pushing that connection even further and saying, as we live into that, he will bring us into his presence. All these things are for your benefit. Every time we try to focus on, well, what did Jesus focus on when? How did Jesus focus on forgiveness when? How did Jesus focus on healing when? How did Jesus focus upon encouraging when? How did Jesus focus upon things like love and justice when? As grace increases to benefit more and more people, it will cause gratitude to increase, which results in God's glory. It's kind of fascinating to think about, right? The more that we live into it, the more that we realize we all need grace. And 
Grace is encompassing a whole lot of things. Grace is encompassing mercy, is encompassing forgiveness. And as I've said for the last few weeks, Brene Brown gives a great definition of that, that it encompasses our mistakes, that our mistakes are no longer for shame, but now our mistakes have a purpose. So this grace, as we begin to allow that grace into our own lives or recognize that it's already there, God's always given grace, whether we recognize it or not. Grace is always present. But as we begin to recognize it, we become grateful. We begin to increase in gratitude. We also begin to increase in the grace that we have for one another. The space that we give to one another in those conversations, in those delicate moments, and we become more grateful. We become more grateful for that love, that forgiveness, but we also become more grateful and have gratitude for everything around us, even in the chaos. Because there is still good happening, even as the world swirls around us. There is still good happening, and we can still choose to do good, to love, to be present and encouraging, to build one another up, to be that healing presence. We get to still choose that and be grateful to have gratitude for it when we notice it. When we notice it in the smallest of moments, we get to have gratitude for the beauty that surrounds us. We get to have gratitude for the peace that we find in those moments that bring such relief. We get to have gratitude for when we actually witness love, not only from ourselves, but from others and between others. We get to have gratitude when we see a small act of kindness. We get to have gratitude for living and breathing this day, for the opportunity to thrive, for the opportunity to let go of what we need to let go of. We get to have gratitude for being able to be honest about ourselves and our shortcomings because none of us are perfect and know that God has grace. Know that God keeps calling to us to turn and go a different way. We get to have gratitude because of that grace. And so as the grace increases, so does the gratitude in our lives. And what does it mean for each of us to begin to actually focus on that, to begin to really pay attention to that, even when things are chaotic? Finishing up in verse 16 through 18. So we aren't depressed but even if our bodies are breaking down on the outside, the person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. Our temporary minor problems are producing an, in, an eternal stockpile of glory for us that is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that can't be seen. The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. So this sense, right? This sense, so we aren't depressed, but even if our bodies are breaking down 
on the outside. The person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. When we get focused upon things like grace, when we get focused upon love, when we get focused upon peace, when we get ourselves focused on, wait a minute, how can I be an encouragement? How can I be healing? How can I be feeding? How can I be making sure that the person next to me is all right? When we start to focus on that, we begin to focus on the things that are important that aren't necessarily seen, that don't easily, so easily disappear. And so for each of us today, how might we gather strength and guidance from the words of Paul from the life of Jesus how might we gather strength on, okay, what is really important here? What do I need to be focused upon as the world swirls around us? And we think, my goodness, what's next? What should we be focused upon when we can't control so many things? Because what we can control, what we can always control, is what we deem as important what we focus upon, and our responses to those around us, our responses to the world's chaos. So how will we be challenged, comforted, uplifted, and inspired by the words of Paul, by the life of Jesus today? Amen.